It takes a lot to create impactful TV ads. This is why Thinkbox is going beyond the box with a brand new podcast series that gets the lowdown from the winners of 2023's TV Planning Awards on The Secret Sauce. Don't miss out. Find Beyond the Box on Spotify now. Hello and welcome to the Campaign Podcast. I am Gurdjit Deegan, Campaign's Creativity and Culture Editor. Today's episode is a bite-sized one about some of the latest news we've covered on Campaign. Joining me today are my esteemed colleagues Imogen Watson, who's our Work and Inspiration Editor, and Charlotte Rawlings, our reporter. Hello to you both. Hello. So um, let's start with the nationwide news first. Imogen, would you like to tell us what's going on? Yeah, so the ASA is investigating um, Nationwide's ad from October. It was debut work from New Commercial Arts, and it starred Dominic West as the boss of any bank. And the premise of it is essentially trying to sort of poke fun at corporate greed and showcase nationwide's member owned, you know, Mm. not shareholders, but such. And uh, so how many complaints did they have? 273 so far. Yeah. And Sky reported that actually Santander had had reported it to the ASA but um I've, so apparently it's Santander yeah I've I've asked those the 273 ASA. can't be no, no they're not all Santander <laughs> but they probably have quite a lot of big work workforce so I wouldn't be surprised if sent um, they sent an email round. yeah they sent everyone complained to the ASA <laughs> here's like, a link vote. yeah here's yeah. the form um so we can't confirm whether or not I've heard from one source that they have complained about it um, so, Ooh. yeah, <laughs> but the, basically the claim but is... But Santander have declined to comment. Yeah, okay. I yeah. went to them. Yeah. And uh, they're claiming that the ad is misleading about store closures and whether it's sort of so discrediting these are its competitors. The complainants are saying yeah. that it's discrediting competitors and... I'm not a banking expert. I, mean, I try. <laughs> I'm just trying not to hit my overdraft at the end yeah. of every month. However, this isn't like the first time a brand is like mm. called out its competitors i mean it's done it in a more maybe subtle way in that when you think about supermarkets they like Mm. actually name their competitors in their ads i don't know the ins and outs of that maybe i should um and the rules and like regulations around Mm. it but i feel like the point of advertising is to make yourself look like the best option among your competitors Mm. so is the ad not just doing that and i did not know about I mean, I'm a nationwide member since I was a child, but I didn't actually understand the ins and outs of like the fact it's member owned. And I think that the campaign does a really good job of mm. spelling that out mm. um, for people like me, <laughs> who is also not a banking expert. You make a good point there, Charlotte, about calling out rival brands. It's a really good segue into mm. our question of the week. Almost as if I knew. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the question is, how effective is calling out rival brands in ads? And as you've mm. said, brands do it all the time. Mm. Um, what can we expect from that piece, Imogen? Yeah, we sat around the table and started naming loads of campaigns that, you know, did it. And one came to mind was Burger King. Their work targeting Mackey's. Mm. Sounds like Mackey's doesn't really notice, but uh, mm. it's <laughs> always having a go at them in a sense. And I spoke to Fernando Machado, who was the former Burger King global CMO. So he was the man behind all that sort of fiery work of the last couple mm. of years. And he said it just depends. So in the case of Burger King and McDonald's, People liked it, he said, when people played into that, these big rivals, and they could get away with it because of the Burger King tone. But he essentially just said, don't like call out on a competitor in a mean way, because then you'll come across as arrogant. It's got, it's a lot of the time these campaigns are quite playful, aren't they? Yeah, and yeah. it's okay for that. Like, look at, remember the um, Colin the Caterpillar 
ad as well. Yeah. It was almost like that was really funny, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. it was really well played. Cuthbert. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Cuthbert. And then Didi Laurentino, the CCO of Ogilvy UK, had a really nice anecdote about a brand in a market where it was illegal to kind of call out your rivals. Because of the weekend, they put the ad out on a Friday. And because of that weekend, they got away with it. They had a couple of days before it could get taken off air on Monday. So not Mm. saying that brands should do that. Um, (laughs) But it's playful. (laughs) You made a nice point earlier in the office, Imogen, about brand loyalty as well. Like Mm. nothing is really going to move you away from the Mackies. I'm a Mackies girl through and through. (laughs) And I I don't care for for any advertising that tells me otherwise. I will always have a Mackies. But it's an interesting, I feel like someone needs to probably maybe do like a sort of scientific test into this because... I don't know why. Like, it doesn't really make sense as to why my loyalty to Mackie's is so strong. I just know that Even I'll the get... Case. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just know that I, I want my double cheeseburger with extra pickles and extra onions. And that's that's my order, which yeah. is why the, the Mackie's order campaign was so good. Yeah, that was really um, good. But that's my go-to. Charlotte's a wing stop gal. Oh, yeah. Wing stop. <laughs> if you're listening to this, <laughs> can you send please me some send wings. something up there? <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to wing stop, so Neither you absolutely I need actually. to go. I think I do. Sounds yeah. like it. Charlotte says she thinks about it five times a day and yeah. I, actually, I actually believe her. <laughs> I actually think that's I've undershot it there. It might be more than yeah. that. Yeah. Well, we have talked about it the last two days pretty much nonstop. And I will continue to. <laughs> Okay, so let's go back to the point of <laughs> this <on>. podcast. <laughs> it's not about wings, um, about pitch news. So Ooh. there's been a lot of pitch news lately, mm-hmm. I feel, <laughs> as we're writing, everyone's writing about it. Charlotte, tell us uh, about some of the stories we've published of late. Uh, National Express. Have either of you been on National Express coaches? I don't recall. Uh, I've just I basically using that question as an excuse for me to say what a wonderful time I had on National Express. Oh, really? Express. <laughs> yeah, I went from London to Bristol and it was... She's just an influencer, isn't she? <laughs> can we, can you tell us about the story? I want some free, I want some free tickets from You're National not going to get any free tickets, Charlotte. <laughs> no, look, I'm just adding some colour. I went from London to Bristol and it was brilliant. It was nice. like a three-hour journey, but I, the seat next to me was empty. It was a double-decker coach. Was it air, like air-conditioned? Yeah, it was mm. lovely. I was like, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Get your snacks cool. on board. Yeah. yeah, I had my snacks, I had my book. It was great. Anyway, so they have a point. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I've forgotten the point of the story now. So they <laughs> have, clearly, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, they appointed Lucky Generals to take on its creative account after a pitch through Creative Brief. And the new work is going to focus on affordability of the transport service during the cost of living need crisis. To pull you in to help them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know exactly how to market it. Um, I think a, a big reason why I enjoyed it so much because no one was sat next to me. Anyway, so that is interesting like about the affordability aspect of it because that was the reason why I chose to take National Express instead of the train because going to Bristol on the train costs about 60 quid return Mm. if you don't book it well in advance so Mm. and how much was it on National Express I I think it was like 12 quid wow yeah so and you could read without getting like car sick yeah, I just put my music in as well. Okay, so another pitch for us. <laughs> okay. You switch. You switch. Yeah. for the U switch pitch. You switch has shortlisted three agencies for a creative pitch, and it's being handled by AAR. The agencies are Atomic London, Lucky Generals again, St. Luke's. Mm-hmm. Anything to say about that? I can't really say that much about U-Switch. I'm not as passionate about U-Switch as I am about <laughs> National Express, sorry. So Ubisoft, Funky Pigeon, they've Lots. also um, appointed new agencies. Yeah, mm. so um, Starcom uh, won the global media planning and buying account for Ubisoft and Zenith picked up the media planning and buying account for the greetings card company Funky Pigeon. And I'm not going to sing the jingle because... She's been singing jingles for the last three days, FYI. Two days. Because <laughs> you're writing a checker trade story. Yeah, checker 
make a trade. Another pitch. Yeah. yeah. St. Luke's. Go on, St. Luke's. Um, <laughs> check a trade. Funky Pigeon. And then that got the Moon Pig jingle stuck in my head. And then also auto glass repair, auto glass replace. Okay, so I'm going to bring this back to what does this say about the pitching market this year, Imogen? I feel like the year ended with a sort of big Vodafone pitch that obviously mm. the story came out then and it felt like, you know, things have sort of been tied up and it's good to see the start of like 2024. There's been loads of pitching going on. Yeah. Um, I've also noticed quite a lot of people not repitching um, mm. for big accounts, which mm. is quite interesting. Make of that what you will. But yeah, it feels like quite a lot of big brands like you know co-ops being quite co-ops a big pitching, one yeah gift cards um, are pitching yeah i always i don't know there's something about a supermarket pitch that gets me really excited that i feel like there's exciting, something coveted yeah. about it it's yeah, like I everybody, the only one yeah, yeah yeah there's something about it's like oh co-ops reviewing oh my god yeah um so that's one where lucky generals has chosen not to repitch for it um, and they won the account in 2018. Yeah. And Molson Coors is another big one. That's a really big one. Yeah, yeah big sure. boy. Yeah. <laughs> and they've shortlisted four shops, BBH, Mother London, Ogilvy, are contending against incumbent Havas London. And everyone I've talked to who's been involved in this yeah. sort of pitching so far have actually been, they seem really energised by it. It yeah. feels like it's been a fun pitch so far. I think it's nice to kick off the year with pitches like this, isn't there? Yeah. Um, and I'm sure it is for agencies as well, because mm. looking down the year and the pipeline of like where revenue is coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to someone, a new business person who was saying that it's quite good that it's kind of medium sized mm. pitches yeah. um, because that kind of Because there was a lot of big pitches last John year. Lewis, yeah. This time last year, it was around mm. this time last year, wasn't it? John mm. Lewis was, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then uh, Sainsbury's and, yeah, there were big ones. Beautiful. So, yeah, with those supermarket ones, those yeah, really a lot of accounts. people, a lot of agencies are just conflicted out, aren't they? Mm. So yeah. It feels like there's a broader range. Mm-hmm. But this person also said that they reckon it's, the pitch market is going to be a bit more like last year. So, mm. I think we started last year thinking it's going to be quite busy, but actually in the end it wasn't that busy. Mm-hmm. And apparently they think this year may go the same way. I think it's a good so sign. So they said it's like a, a year for organic mm, yeah. growth. Nice. So yeah. working, you know, pulling, pulling mm. more business from their yeah. current clients. I think it shows that the industry is quite in a healthy position as it can be right now. Last week, we also revealed the Agency of the Year shortlist. Mm. This is our award scheme that's judged by chief marketing officers. So Alessandra Bellini, the president of the Advertising Association and former group chief customer officer at Tesco, is the chair of the Mm. awards. And there's a huge panel of senior marketers as well, including Adam Zavallis, who's at Asda, Ashlyn O'Connor from Three, AJ Coyne from Monzo, and loads and loads and more. So thank you to all of those lovely people who took some time out to judge. Mm-hmm. So Imogen, who have they shortlisted for yeah. Creative Agency of the Year? So it's quite a stellar list. Um, but Leo Burnett, who took home the Creative Agency of the Year last year, mm-hmm. is up against other publicist agencies, Sachi and Sachi London and BBH. But they're also up against Adam and Eve, DDB, Lucky Generals, Havas London, Uncommon and Mother London. So, yeah, I wouldn't want to say who I think might win that because I feel like they all could. It's a strong list, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it's like, here's the best creative agencies. Yeah, pick one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Mother has got the most nominations this year, I yeah, think. That's seven. Right. Yes, seven chances to win. <laughs> yeah. So independent creative agency, agency producer or team, mm. creative leader. Like they're going to have a couple of tables <laughs> at the awards. <laughs> 
And then on the media side of things, Zenith, which won last year, is mm. going up against their sister agency, Spark Foundry. And then some more rivals are Essence Mediacom and Mindshare and Hearts and Science, Manning Gottlieb, OMD and OMD UK and The Seven Stars. Again, it's like a... Very hard to reel off of media agency names because there's a lot of letters and all of them. Mm. <laughs> I feel like they make it difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Again, a really strong list, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so yeah. I think the our marketers have done really well mm-hmm. here. So the winners will be announced at a ceremony at the Royal Lancaster in London on the 13th of March. So mm. tickets are still available. So get your ticket quick, everybody. Yeah. Finally, we're recording this on Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's, ladies. Can I just happy highlight Valentine's. that me and Charlotte had plans to dress up in a Valentine-aspired outfit, which only I did. Well, you can shut up because you're wearing a white jumper and white I jeans. I covered it up because I'm embarrassed and she's wearing black. So. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. Sorry. Yeah. Subconsciously. Only love. <laughs> so I thought we could wrap up on what the brands are doing around Valentine's Day. Not you two. <laughs> Charlotte, what have you seen? Uh, so Heinz has collaborated with macaron maker Fauchon. Don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I did ask my French friend how that was pronounced. Sick. <laughs> I'm not French, so I'm probably butchering that. To create some tomato ketchup infused macarons, or should I say mm. to macaron? <laughs> See what they did there. Um, yeah, um, apparently they flavoured this with berries, rhubarb, ginger. And then, of course, Heinz tomato ketchup. I am a lover of Heinz ketchup, I will say. I am a hater. You don't like ketchup? I'd eat like a mayo macaron. (laughs) I mean, like ketchup doesn't sound much nicer, but I love ketchup. That would be on my top 10 things that I can't live without list. Like, I love it. But I'm still not sure how I feel about the macarons. What about you, Gadget? Are you getting any weird pregnancy cravings? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) I don't really like ketchup. I don't. don't like ketchup either. Right, well just me then in other news don't panic has made a love calculator that international couples can use to gauge their compatibility according to a new government policy that's soon to be introduced Um, the policy is going to bring a change on family visas which means that the earning threshold required for a uk resident to bring in a partner from abroad will rise 55 percent this spring from 18,600 to 29,000 increasing to 38,700 next year Mm. Um, so the love calculator allows people to enter their name nationality and income to assess whether their wage is compatible under the new legislation so some out of home shows imagery of rishi sunak as cupid with um copy that reads will you be affected by the cost of loving crisis find out more on our all new official gov love calculator Mm. that's fun yeah i mean like that's a little bit more serious than the macarons but yeah it's an interesting way to like get people engaged with new legislation mm, what's actually happening at the government yeah, <sighs> yeah exactly and then abbott mead vickers bbdo has also created an ad for plenty kitchen roll called vow to clean which is all about how cleaning is an act of love and this comes from research that found 72 percent of brits believe that a partner proactively cleaning around the house is a display of love mm-hmm. and also over 60 percent of them would rather have a clean kitchen than flowers oh so, so romantic i mean if you have a toddler well, yeah. just children. I think you would prefer a yeah. I think clean kitchen. Yeah. The amount of food they get on the floor, I don't mm. understand how. It's more. It's more useful to have a partner that cleans as well, yeah. rather than but a partner someone that just, just buys flowers. Buys you flowers exactly. <laughs> the ad script is interesting. We watched it earlier, and um, your vomit chunks are my vomit oh, chunks. God. Mm. 
Imogen, what do you make of these brands releasing work around Valentine's Day? Okay, so Valentine's is like a commercial day of love. So all four brands get involved. It's not one of those ones where I'm like, come on, it's not about that. It's all about that. But I think there is a problem when, if you've got a brand that makes sense for stepping into this sort of area, so say if you're a dating app, I feel like if you can come up with a fun way, like a satirical sort of ad campaign, there's lots of fun, you can capitalize off the day. But I think too often there's a case where it's like, Valentine's Day is coming and like we have to come up with an idea, we need to have a campaign and it's just, you know, it just falls into this sort of like just Cringe. very questionable work that you just don't yeah. think is needed or no one asks for. Yeah. yeah. Um, so all four people making fun Valentine's Day stuff, but make it right to your brand and yeah, just have fun with it. Yeah, I agree. Hmm. Brilliant. Okay, that's all we have time for today. Thank you, Imogen and Charlotte. Pleasure. You're welcome. If you'd like to learn more about what we have been discussing today, please visit our website, campaignlive.co.uk. Details of our subscriptions are available at campaignlive.co.uk forward slash membership. And if you enjoyed this episode of the Campaign Podcast, please follow us, like us and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. A big thank you to Haymarket Studio Manager Nav Pal and our producer Till Owen and also to you for listening. I hope you'll join us next time. On behalf of the campaign team, goodbye. Goodbye.